The Realm Tree Episode 10 Games in the Dark General Avalon, sir. I'm busy, soldier. Barge into my office again and you'll be suspended without pay. Apologies, sir. It's urgent. This boy broke into the compound. We couldn't catch him, but he said he would come along willingly if he could speak with you. <sighs> Your incompetence is astounding. Boy, what do you want from me? My name is Mercury Chase, sir. My father was Umbriel Chase. He was killed last month in combat. Ah, him. Loyal soldier, despite not earning his wings. Killed while attempting to subdue a rampaging animal, I believe. My condolences. I wish to serve as an eventual replacement for him in your army, and I want my training to begin now. Interesting demands, boy. How old are you? Ten, sir. You're older than you look, but acceptance into the military academy begins at thirteen, earliest. Actual field work, much later. Goodbye. Sir, I have broken into this compound on my own. I picked the locks with keys of light so I wouldn't damage them. My appeal to you is not of a fatherless child whose family needs money, but as a tool to be used by the most powerful person in the day realm. If my family can eat, I will never talk back or question your authority. I will clean the barracks for pay. I will collect intelligence in places that soldiers can't go. All for the hopes of one day being a soldier and providing for my family. Otherwise, I will continue to rob and steal from the people in your realm. And I promise you, not even your prisons could hold me. You want me as an ally, and not free to roam as a delinquent. You would dare to threaten me! It's not a threat, sir. It's just the truth. Look, I don't trust you. You are the scum of the streets, a blemish on my perfectly ordered realm. But you have made some valid arguments. If you prove worthy of our time, your paycheck will come by the end of the week, and I will execute you myself if you're up to anything devious. <laughs> Thank you. General Avalon. I'm back, Mom. Mercury. Mercury, where the hell did you come from? I got a job. Well, that's great, isn't it? Leaving me at home to take care of your kid siblings by myself, huh? Great. Great, great. I thought this way we wouldn't need to worry about where money was coming in from. I'll be back earlier tomorrow to help around the house. Don't you talk down to me. I raised you better than that. Hey, where where are you going? Putting Sedna invested a bet. Yeah, yeah. Make sure all the doors are locked. Yeah. Good night, Mother. I remembered that was the first day where I didn't smile once. Smiling was for children, and if I stayed a child any longer... My family would just be another tragic story whispered around town. Oh, Mercury. My mind blurred back into consciousness. The first thing I saw was the boy looking down at me. Looking down. I was on my back, tied to the chest I had opened with chains. Still in the woven tunnel of silk and glowing mushrooms, arms bound behind me. But my legs were free, hanging off the side. I can see the gears in your brain turning. It's fascinating. Truly fascinating. Seeing the ways you want to get out of this. There's no inconspicuous way to cut the chains with my light blades. They would shine through the whole place. My legs were free. That means I could break into a light speed run if he let his guard down. The chest was big, but not the heaviest if I could get to my feet. Could I figure out his power? He blew dust into my face and knocked me out before. The light green eyes are a common trait of the spring realm. Powers most commonly encapsulate control of wind, water, and plant life plus physical enhancements to biology, which encompasses healing, like Daisy's abilities. But that doesn't seem right. 
The narcotic effect of his powder could be from some sort of flower. It's pollen, perhaps, which implies control of- Plant life? You nailed it, Mercury. Excellent detective work. What? How is he- Funny thing about narcotics, Mercury. They can affect your grasp on reality. You've been speaking your thoughts out loud for the past minute, and you didn't even realize, did you? I felt my chest tighten. Oh, don't worry. After people realize the effects of my pollen, it usually brings them back to reality. But you already talked plenty in your sleep. Oh, what's that worried little face? You stress too much. You didn't tell me anything embarrassing. Sad, sure, but that's not a surprise. The boy who came from nothing and wants to climb to the top of the system to help his little family out. Adorable. Without taking his eyes off me, he indicated the mushrooms around the tunnel. These are mine. Nice, right? They're a new feature. Pollen and poison was always my thing. But sprouting strange little friends like this? That only happened after my operation. Callum turned his back to me, unbuttoned his shirt, and took it partially down his back. He had both a green spring realm jewel on his back, along with an orange autumn realm one sewn into his skin underneath. Dulled my senses with painkillers of my own making. Still hurt like a bitch, though. <laughs> Fairy bodies aren't built to have more than one jewel. But those of us with superior genetics can handle it by gritting our nice straight teeth. He started to button up again. From my hands, short blades of light flashed through the chains. I twisted my arms behind me to slice all the way through them, tucking my knees into my chest and jumping to my feet off of the chest. Facing me now, he stepped away. Hey, Merc! Don't do anything rash! <laughs> I stepped towards him with a blade drawn back. Ooh, dangerous. How about I double your dose? He blew powder on my face again, but this time I held my breath and covered my face with my sleeve. I finished through with my blade and stabbed it into his side. Ah! Ow! Tie yourself up and tell me what this place is. Uh, you know I can't hear you that well with your arm over your mouth. Why don't you lower it and take a deep breath? Don't mess with me. Talk! <laughs> You'll have to breathe eventually, Mercury. Uh, and I'll be ready to throw more powder into your face when you do. I twisted the blade. <laughs> Should have just killed me, friend. Callum, how many times have I told you not to play with your food? At the sound of this new voice, Callum's boot connected with my chest and kicked me off of him. He was much stronger than he looked. Sorry, Era. A little help here. My body felt like it was slammed by something from above, and I fell to the ground on all fours. But there was nothing on me. It was like my weight had suddenly increased exponentially, making it impossible to move my own body. The voice came again, but with my body barely off the floor, I couldn't get a good look at her. You were just supposed to interrogate him and call me over for judgment. Sorry, sorry. He was easier to crack than I expected, so I just wanted to see what else I could get out of him. Lots of pent-up emotions in this boy. His head is a sad, sad place. I heard the woman's soft footsteps approach. With all the strength I could muster, I raised my head to see her on one knee before me, staring with red eyes. I took in her black and gold armor and her silken black hair to match. She was also in the tournament. A fairy taking the test. Aristratus. A day realm fairy like me, and one of the few people I wasn't able to gather any information on before the tournament. She didn't use any powers in her fight, taking out her opponent with martial arts, but it looked like she had some sort of gravity based power. At most magic. A dominant type of day realm ability. Yes, right again, Mercury. Shit. So, don't be mad. 
I was only half telling the truth about how you stopped speaking your thoughts out loud. It takes a few more minutes to completely wear off. But you stopped muttering to yourself at- Callum, stop talking. Sorry, ma'am. Her red eyes never left mine. Most young Luxemancers are nothing more than glorified torches. Flashing, insignificant fireflies. Trying to get people to look their way. But you, Mercury Chase? You have become a glowing beacon. For someone as noticeable and skilled as you are, it was foolish to be so careless about showing your full hand. Unlike Callum, I saw no emotion in her face. Nothing on the surface, or underneath it. You're going to die in this tree, Mercury Chase. Rest easy knowing it will be for a greater cause. I hope you have lived a life without regret. Just then, I felt the tunnel start to shake. Huh? And what's that now? And I knew I had one chance. My entire body started to shine. Okay, so the water part of this whole thing wasn't me. That was Aquamarine. Snow Giant's mine. She was supporting me from far away, manipulating the water in the giant to protect it from any fire attacks. How far away was she? Real far. That's what she's got Ernest for. He's a burly dude, but he's just got a support power. He can sense heat signatures, even at long distances and through walls, so we can tell where living beings and their fire attacks are coming from. So he made sure Aquamarine was far from the action while telling her where to attack. And yet you're fine with being the scapegoat after all that while your friends hang back somewhere? I mean, look, to be honest, I didn't think I'd lose. I started to walk away. Talia! Talia, where are you going? I'm finding Mercury. We have no idea where to start looking. He's been gone for hours and this place is huge. Let's see if Malthus has any ideas where he went. I could probably lead you to him if you take me out of this ice cube. Nadine had restrained Malthus in a giant block of ice with just his head poking out. Why should we trust you? You almost killed me! Wounded. Almost wounded you. I'm not a killer. I'm just a guy who knows it's smart to ally with the strongest side. And when these people found us sneaking into the tree, we thought we were done for. But they weren't even here for the test. They were more like jewel hunters. Said they could put other fairies' jewels into our bodies to power up our own abilities by stitching them in. I tightened my fist around my harpoon. Stitching, huh? Wait. If fairies can get stronger just by taking other jewels, why don't more people do it? It's highly unethical. Upon death, a fairy's jewel loses its magic, so the jewel must be removed while they're alive. Then the magic stays active and can be used in other ways depending on the fairy's age when it was removed. No amount of drugs can make ripping a jewel from your back a painless process. Some fairies die from the shock right after. Especially if they're young or weak. You alright, Daisy? I feel sick. This is so Horrible. How do you know this, Nadine? It's a taboo subject, even among the scientific community. But Professor Doherty started rambling about it with us in a Winter Realm class once. He changed the subject very quickly, though. Probably not the best thing to teach to teenagers. Yeah, in retrospect, it's kind of messed up. But don't hate me. Hate the system. I can hate both. Now take us to Mercury. Kind of complicated. So there's basically a bunch of tunnels under this place, made out of some surprisingly strong webs. That's how the jewel hunters get around. Oh, you got something, Lex? I thought it was strange we haven't run into more fairies besides Sunshine's little squadron. I wonder if they've been captured here and brought down into those tunnels to have their jewels removed. I thought back to Jonathan Hale vanishing when I looked away from him. Could that have happened to Mercury too? 
I know one of the entrances. It's behind a waterfall. The one by that huge crater? I jabbed into it. I felt nothing. Yeah, that's because you swim way under it. You don't walk through it. It's not just going to be on the other side of it where people can walk through for fun. Use your head. I slapped Malthus across the face. I heard Daisy gasp. Unnecessary, gotta say. It'll be a punch next time. We're going to unfreeze your body and you're going to show us through the tunnels until we find Mercury. If you try anything funny, you're dead. Like I said, I stay with the winning side and uh, you've convinced me you're all winners. Nadine. Ugh, release. The cube around Malthus's body melted in an instant. That was too cold even for another Winter Realm kid, gotta say. Alright, I'll lead the group. No, I lead the way with Rondell as our first line of defense. You just make sure we're going the right way. You follow us, and if you try anything, the others will clobber you. Fine, after you. I began to retrace my steps back to the waterfall, the whole crew following. With our pace, it would take a while. You know, something's different about you, Talia. Is there a problem with that? No, but you were jumping at, like, building height back there. Shadowy aura. Mm, And you broke through the icy shield when submerged in water, so you're probably stronger, too. We can talk about it after we find Mercury. Oh, come on. He's just asking what all of us are thinking. Remember our little talk about time and place, Lex? Very well, actually. And I've been respecting that. But I think it's reasonable for your friends to wonder how someone without a jewel is suddenly exhibiting the powers of one. And you're acting like nothing's happened. Daisy, you've wanted an explanation this whole time, haven't you? Um, it's fine. Whenever Talia is comfortable. Nadine? We should find Mercury. Fine. Leave us all in the dark at a tactical disadvantage about your mysterious new jewel very obviously hidden by that cape. I pulled the cloak off my back and everyone fell silent. Wow. You've got multiple jewels, too. All down your spine. But they don't look like they were taken from other fairies. They weren't, right, Tal? No. I encountered a creature that fuses with my back where Jewel usually is. I fed it, and now it likes me. And when I need it, it gives me these new powers, making these tiny jewels show up on me. It's a new development for me, too. Any other questions? Yeah, so many! But we can wait. We'll all figure this out together, Talia. I know it. The rest of our walk was in silence. After about 30 minutes, the waterfall came into view. Rondell, you swim under first. I'll follow with Malthus. And if he tries to call for help, I kill him. No snarky comment this time? Well, you know, trying really hard not to get killed here. Rondell took a huge breath in, puffing his chest out before diving into the water. I took Malthus by the arm and we both jumped in as well. Breaking the surface, the water was much deeper than it appeared at first. Past the point where the waterfall hit the stream, there was a brief underwater passageway. Pulling Malthus along with me, we swam until we saw an opening above us. I yanked him upwards into a dark cavern made out of weaving, lit by glowing green mushrooms. It was surprisingly roomy. It shouldn't have any issue fitting all of us. Tunnels seemed to branch off in several directions into the darkness. You are really good at holding your breath, lady. You could also just be bad at it. Uh, Talia? Malthus and I climbed out of the water fully into the tunnel and saw the figure Rondell was looking at. Tall... Long black coat, pole on his back. It was Jonathan Hale, standing opposite from us in the passageway, a massive shadow lit by a dim glow. He stared but didn't move. Lex was next to emerge from the water and join us in the tunnel. Lex, guard Malthus. If he tries to summon any soldiers, melt them. (laughs) Nothing would make me happier. I waited until I heard Nadine and Daisy break the water's surface before opening my mouth. Jonathan, looks like you have a hand in this. 
Tell us where Mercury is or I'll have to beat it out of you. He said nothing. Wow, you really do not know who you're messing with. He took the pole off his back and drew a white crescent in the air with his other hand. It formed a razor-sharp blade made out of ice, turning his weapon into a terrifying sickle. You shouldn't have come down here. I'm best at killing people who don't move. If you run around too much, it'll get messy. Sorry to disappoint you. I charged up a dash and exploded forward, brandishing my harpoon. Jonathan stomped his foot onto the ground and I was assaulted with a blast of cold air stopping me in my tracks. My whole body started shaking from the rapid temperature drop. The tunnel around us started to frost over. (laughs) With two jewels, the world bends to my power over the cold. I have become the icy grip of death. Whatever happens next is not personal. (laughs) Man, you guys are so screwed. With surprising speed, Jonathan took two steps forward, spinning his scythe. I tried to prep a dash, but my feet slid around on the ice that had formed on the floor. I felt all of my hair stand on end as he swung at me. Dodge backwards now. By instinct, I fell onto my back, narrowly dodging a wild swing of Jonathan's scythe. You're wide open, big guy! I saw Lex launch a wisp forward only for it to shudder out of existence when it got too close to Jonathan. Are you kidding me? He makes it too cold for fire, honestly! I can't reach through this web stuff to get any rocks for my powers! I'll just punch him! Rondell, don't get any closer! I dodged another swing, or so I thought, until I felt it nick my arm. Even the tiny cut seared in pain from the temperature of his weapon. Uh, what should I do? If you're not fast enough to dodge him, stay back! With my newfound speed, Rondell and Daisy's struggle to approach, and Mercury's absence, I was somehow the best frontline fighter of the group. I was on my own. Unless... Malthus, give me some snow soldiers. Uh, I don't really want to get involved here. Oi! Snow for brains! You want to live, don't you? Fine. Sorry, big guy. Don't have a choice here. Gotta live on. Malthus tossed two snowballs onto the ground near me. They didn't become massive like the snow soldiers Sunshine fought in the tournament or his giant ice form. They adjusted for the size of the tunnel, but it was starting to get cramped between me, them, and Jonathan. Stay down, Talia. Release! Nadine tossed a cube which released a blast of air at Jonathan as it dissolved. It was strong enough to stagger him back for a moment. The snow soldiers tackled him and he fell to the ground. Jonathan grabbed onto the arm of one of the soldiers holding him down and it completely turned to ice. With another touch, the other one froze solid as well. I didn't have a large window. This was my chance. It was kill or be killed. As Jonathan stood up from the soldier's grasp, I aimed a harpoon strike at his heart. I saw his pupils dilate in the dim light. He looked directly at my weapon as I pulled it back to strike. The air around me started to chill, and the night steel became too cold for me to grasp. The frigid metal started to burn my hand. Ah! I involuntarily dropped my weapon to the ground. I kicked it behind me and glanced at my team. Lex was trying to heat the room around us to no avail. Rondell looked like he was trying to find an opening, and Nadine was digging through her bag for more cubes. Daisy stared at my icy harpoon as it rolled towards her. It looked like this was up to me. I thought back to the anger I felt when breaking through Malthus's icy core with my spear. If fear makes me fast, then maybe anger. I pulled my leg behind me in a low stance. I thought of my father not speaking to me for days on end, something deeper than indifference in his gray eyes. It was disappointment. Because of the way I was born. 
A jolt of energy shot through my body. My eyes met those of the giant fairy before me. I could see the dark flickers of energy coming off my body. I started to smile, baring my teeth like an animal. For the first time, Jonathan looked scared. What are you? With the sudden motion of a cannon blast, my leg whipped from behind me, whirling at Jonathan's head. In a brief moment, I saw him stare at the incoming attack like he would freeze my leg as he did to my harpoon. But the impact came too fast. Even with all this new power, it was like kicking a wall. But as my shin collided with his head, the sound echoed through the tunnel. He stumbled back and tried to stand fully to his feet. He was shaken, but my leg was throbbing from the shock of that kick. I couldn't hit him like that again. Heads up! I heard the sound of something flying through the air. I watched my harpoon drive into the chest of Jonathan Hale. <gasps> Lex defrosted your harpoon so Daisy could throw it! With her power, she chucked it even harder than I could! Power teamwork, baby! Jonathan yanked the harpoon out of his chest and tossed it back over to my feet. He stood to his full height, a dark well of blood appearing through his clothes. He was breathing heavily, but still standing. You've got to be shitting me. Just then, I heard a familiar voice. Talia Wick. It is you, you bitch. At the end of the tunnel behind Jonathan, I saw the distant form of aquamarine rain, her blue-green hair fluorescent in the glow of the tunnel. You have no idea how long I've waited for this exact moment. I heard another voice from behind her. It was Ernest Forge, the boy Daisy had defeated. Hold up, Aqua. Don't lose your temper here. Let's just call Era. Forget Era. This is my moment. I will have my wings and bury Wick in the ground. The entire passageway began to shake. Yo, what's her power again? Water, and it sounds like a lot of it. Face the new and improved raw power of aquamarine rain! From behind us and two other branching pathways, a deluge of water started to rush in, flooding the tunnels. Nadine started to freeze what she could of the water coming in from the passage behind us. Permafrost! There's too much for me to hold back. No way am I drowning down here! It was coming at us fast. Even with the different paths around us, there was no escape in these tunnels from this amount of water. Just when I was about to give up... Talia! I heard a voice. Dashing from around the corner was Mercury, mid-glow as he exploded forward at us with a burst of light. Uh, How did you get out? Mercury blasted Jonathan in the eyes with a flash. He winced and covered his entire face in his massive hands and took several steps further away from us, back towards Aquamarine. In another burst, Mercury was next to me. Hey. Hey. With a jump and a shimmer of blades, Mercury cut through the webbing above us. Rondell, it's your turn. Give me a boost, Daisy! Daisy's power aura glowed as she easily lifted Rondell onto her shoulders. (gasps) Now he could reach the ceiling. (gasps) He jammed his hands into the dirt and began to terraform a tunnel up to the surface. (sighs) But it looked like he was having a tough time with it. (sighs) Okay, we almost have a way out! I could see natural light start to come in from the field above. Everyone, stand together and get ready to fly. The water was starting to break Nadine's ice wall. She reformed it on the side to resemble a giant scoop. I picked up my harpoon from the ground. Wait! Where did Malthus go? You were supposed to be watching him! Well, forgive me for being a little distracted by all this madness. Brace yourselves, everyone! The rumbling grew, and water was coming at us from all sides, even where Aquamarine once stood. The waves slammed Jonathan from the back, yet he planted himself against the massive force until he was completely submerged. 
Nadine let the water push her ice formation at us. We all braced for impact as it scooped underneath our feet. When we were close enough together, Nadine created more ice, making a half-spear, cradling us from beneath. The water collided into it from all sides, the pressure blasting us in our frozen platform the only way we could go, up through the tunnel to the surface. In an explosion of water, we were rocketed into the field, sailing above the ground for a moment. We all dove off the platform before it crashed into the ground. I tumbled into the grass and landed at the base of a hill. I stood to my feet. I took a deep breath in, my whole body trembling with adrenaline. I felt the now familiar sensation of the beast releasing itself from my back and crawling onto my shoulder. I smiled at her, then noticed that the eyes of all of my friends were on me. I had forgotten they were here for a moment. The most confused of all seemed to be Mercury. Our eyes locked and I walked towards him, limping on the leg I had injured. Talia, I And I pulled him into a tight hug. He paused for a moment, then gently reciprocated. The beast shifted down my back and hung there. I'm sorry for running off on my own. Talk later. Hug now. Deal? Deal. The Realm Tree was created by Jumar Thompson and Julian Hermano, and is performed by voice artists all over the world. To show your support, please visit therealmtree.com and follow our socials. Thank you for listening, and tune in next time for Episode 11, Sunshine Takes the Stage.